0: I want to talk about something that um, I think is really worth the conversation because I've lived in uh, the city of Toronto for about 25 years. So I think I've got a, a pretty good feeling and a good idea of the nicks and the crannies that made Toronto unique once upon a time and have and we've seen them, you know, disappear over time. You know, we see gentrification in the big box stores, the office towers that take over the city, which of course is in transition, right? We need people to be able to live in this city. We don't really have anything built for people to live, but nonetheless, we have a city that is changing. It's getting rid of that grit, right? But I think Hogtown has to have some grit. You don't want a boring, big-building, box-store city. Those cities don't tell stories. I like the the cities that tell stories through the architecture, just the way they're built, right? And so city officials are trying to find ways to build up, build out, get people in. And they've allowed things like mixed buildings and laneways, certainly. They've allowed changes. But my next guest is an urban planner who wants the city to rewrite the script and allow things like laneways to be permitted, not just for mixed-use developments, but where you can actually create lives and livelihoods livelihoods in uh, these urban dead zones. You know, we've got 2,400 laneways in the heart of Toronto. That's a lot. That's... 300 kilometers of streets, and not everybody uses a garage. So what else could these be used for? My next guest says I got an idea. Uh, Blair game is a partner at Sajiki uh, Planning. He's uh, got a meticulous documenting of the various types of businesses populating our Toronto laneways, and uh, he is trying to convince the city to lighten up and get some personality into our laneways. Uh, great to have you. Thanks for having me, Alex. Oh, there you go. A little bit muffly on the phone, but uh, I'll just oh, get you. Sorry. There you go. All right, there you go. Is that, is I, that better? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're probably just uh, panic shopping at the last minute. You got like a gift under one hand and another gift under the other, and then the phone somehow under the chin. I I, I, I feel your pain. Um, let's talk a little bit about your idea because, you know, one thing that makes Toronto so great um, is these little hidden jewels that make, I think, neighbourhoods unique. And, and a lot of the pathways and certainly the laneways of Toronto I love walking down them because they, they all tell a story, but you want do you want to go bigger with them? What what is it that you want the city to do?
1: Well, um, Alex, as you may be aware, uh, recently uh, the city of Toronto be- began allowing people to construct what we call laneway suites. So, uh, for many years prior to prior to twenty eighteen, uh, you know laneways were used exclusively for uh, servicing and loading, uh, and you know for um, vehicle storage and things of that nature. Um, in 2018, the city uh, expanded permissions to allow people to live in laneways and um, build laneway suites. Um, historically, there are also examples and, and current examples, actually, uh, of um, businesses operating in laneways. And really, the long and short of it is that I'm trying to push the city to um, legalize these types of uses in laneways. Um, in the places where they do exist, they either exist because they um, are historic um, or they're or, or due to some specific circumstance that allows them to exist. Yeah. Um, but the city does not permit them on a broad scale. And so really, I'm trying to push the city to allow for, uh, to fur- further the mix of uses in laneways by allowing for a range of appropriate businesses to establish and set up in in laneways.
0: Yeah, we could be talking about little kind of boutique shops. I mean, you can do a lot with small spaces, right? You can get very unique uh, partnerships going that don't necessarily, you know, it's not like you're going to build a Costco in a laneway. It's just I think these are the kinds of businesses where the true small mom-and-pop shops can be created and We kind of get back to the, the days before malls, I, I think would be a really neat idea. And, and certainly we're not the first to this because you look at other cities where you can do this. Australia is already doing it, New Zealand, London, England, certainly. Um, and so... Toronto, when you go down some of the laneways, a lot of them are just one-use car, but how many have you been able to get the data on what kinds of businesses we could put in these things and where they would go?
1: Well, um, I I think I'm sort of looking to existing precedents to help inform some of that uh, research, but uh, certainly if you look at our existing conditions in laneways, there are everything from um, cafes. There's several different cafes. There's a a sushi restaurant in one Mm -hmm, of our laneways. mm -hmm. There's uh, even in the entertainment district have clubs that have access off of laneways. Um, there are uh, office, small office buildings a- accessible only by laneways. Um, there are bars, there are a- any number of things. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think really uh, there are, you know, I, th- I think basically what I'm hoping is that we can just, we can just study this and, and determine, you know, what are the appropriate range of uses and what, it, And find a way to say yes to the use and perhaps put some restrictions in place, you know, to regulate them rather than just simply saying no. Because I think my concern is that, you know, uh, not every business needs to have a commercial Main Street frontage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not every entrepreneur can afford that either. And not everybody needs that amount of space. So there's a role potentially for laneways to Play as incubators of small independent businesses, yeah. on the one hand, they can nurture and support businesses that can develop a proof of concept and a test case, uh, and maybe at, at some point expand and scale and become able to justify financially occupying a commercial main street frontage. And other businesses like maker spaces, uh, bicycle repair shops, you know, things like that that don't that don't necessarily need a commercial main street. Frontage and would be detracting from the continuity of retail on a commercial main street frontage if they are occupying that space. But are with with development happening in the city are starting to lose some of the spaces that they're yeah. currently occupying. So a golden example is uh, I don't live too far from Carlaw Avenue. Uh, the area around Carlaw and Girard is slated for mixed use intensification around, a, you know, a planned and under construction subway station at Girard Street mm-hmm. uh, and some of the old industrial buildings in Carlaw are slated for redevelopment. Well, these are some of the low hanging fruit in terms of, you know, affordable employment spaces for entrepreneurs, uh, you know, that have small businesses that don't need that kind of commercial Main Street frontage. And we're, so there's a lot of development happening, but which is which, you know, is necessary. Uh, but on the other hand, while we're providing a lot of focus on that growth and that intensification, the one thing that we're not being adequately mindful of is what, what is being lost in the process and finding ways to replace it. And this is sort of the idea here where this this could be part of the, a broader puzzle of replacing these valuable spaces.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's an opportunity, certainly, to get back to kind of that um, boutique shopping, uh, community shopping, where you can just kind of walk around on a weekend even or just walk. It's not like everyone would be driving in, but certainly it just becomes a meeting place, a greeting place and a place to kind of get the conveniences of life without having to get in the car and drive somewhere else. So I do think there's an appeal. What has so far been any kind of reaction from the city?
1: Well, uh, I, I have approached the city about it because they're undertaking a study. Uh, it's called the Expanding Housing Options and Neighborhood Study, and that's that's a mouthful. They they shorten that. They call it the ehong Study, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a sort of a master study. And within it, there are a number of sub studies, and one of them is actually looking at expanding permissions for uh, retail and service uses in neighborhoods. Uh, and so, this is not completely. This is not a complete departure from the from the current thinking of city staff because they are looking at allowing for offices and other sort of uses to exist in neighborhoods. But the scope of the, that study is limited to what we call the primary building, uh, or the you know the main building. Uh, simply, what I'm trying to convince the city to do is to expand the scope of that study to also look at detached accessory structures or garage buildings, say like for example in the laneways. Uh, so that's that's currently not something that's being studied. I'm identifying this as a gap to the city and trying to make the case to them that it's worth studying. It should be studied. I don't presume to have all the answers at this point in terms of how many laneways would be appropriate for this type of function. You know, uh, whether it's just sort of specific types of conditions and sites in certain locations and specific types of uses, that may be likely, but I want them to study it and come back with some recommendations to inform future policy and regulation so that we can start to open up these laneways um, to provide this, as I say, incubator kind of function for small-scale businesses.
0: Well, I'm certainly not closed-minded about it because I think, you know, we can do it, and if it's done right, and certainly um, I think there's an Uh, opportunity here. So we'll see where this might go in 2024. appreciate you joining us.
1: My pleasure. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Have a good day.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you. That is uh, Blair Uh, Ascordi. He's a partner over at Sajiki Planning and Urban Planner. And again, this is, you know, we've got a lot of dead space. Maybe let people just get creative. You can do little tiny, small boutique stuff, right? Not pay an arm and a leg, but then maybe, I don't know, you've got something in the neighborhood someone wants. It's an idea. I'm not totally opposed to it.